0: i uh-huh. what's going on guys welcome back to dime dropper 24 minute recap episode number 56 before we get started please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at youtube at dime dropper podcast make sure to subscribe on apple podcast follow us on spotify and of course to follow us on all social media platforms twitter instagram and facebook and tiktok at twitter or tiktok at dime dropper pod trying to post some videos on there Because that's where the money is at, apparently. Anyway, tonight we're going to talk about the atrocious performance of the Clippers against the Pels. We're going to also be going over, last night I tuned into some Suns game against the Pacers, and then the Nets against the Pistons. So I'll also be briefly going over that, but let's just get to it with the Clips, right? Playing the Pelicans, no Patrick Beverley. We don't have him for the road trip. He's out for three games with knee soreness, I guess. Jesus Christ. Everything's soreness. And so we have Reggie Jackson starting against the Pels. We haven't played him with Zion yet this season. We beat him without him. And we start this game dicking around like we don't give a care in the world. We've been pretty good this season about coming out with the right effort level. But lately, like right around the All-Star break, we have too many games. There's no no PG or no Kawhi or just so many guys out. We just don't gain any rhythm anymore. And, you know, I was hoping to start this second half of the season. We have Paul George and Kawhi healthy. We start out with some rhythm. We beat Golden State with a convincing performance. And then we, we come out and play like that. Like we don't give a shit. You know, we can't use, oh, no, what's the new excuse? Well, we just suck on Sundays. Yeah, we fucking suck on Sundays. That's not an excuse for these gro- grown professionals, man. Paul, George, Kawhi, Leonard, you know, they, they were getting beat off the ball to start the game. We know, guys, Clipper fans, we know what the starting the game has meant for this team, these last, since we got Kawhi and Paul. We get off to good starts, we usually have a great chance in the game. We get off to shitty starts, sometimes we make that run, we don't win the game, and then we say, oh, we're happy we played with some fight." Enough's enough, man. Are you fucking serious? Like, this is getting ridiculous, actually. When are we going to start taking things seriously? We have, you know, we, uh, another thing. We have too many players that it's, um, I tweeted about this. We don't know what version of them we're going to get tonight. You know, we don't know, we don't know what version of surge we're getting, who played eight minutes tonight. Yeah, he start, everybody started out poorly. Everyone did. I can't think of anyone that started out per- poorly. Clipper fans, if you can, let me know. But in that starting lineup, I mean, we were getting beat off the dribble constantly. Zion was getting whatever he wanted, Ingram off the screens. Yeah, we just we just couldn't guard, and then we 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 couldn't hit anything in the beginning of the game either. Kawhi here and there in the beginning. Paul George got off to a pretty cold start, and then. We're just we 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 did get some good looks though I'm not gonna lie that we just missed, but then we started once once the pel started pouring it on a little bit we started taking some rush shots, you know Mook came in and was just chucking it up there with you know Mook the thing about Mook is he's pretty static he's a ball stopper and defensively he's not the quickest and. He, anyone's going to need help with Zion. You know, you're going to need to pack the paint. And, you know, Lonzo really got him off to a really good start shooting the ball. He, had, What was he, 4 of 4 to start the game, and like three of them were threes? So he got him going from the outside. And Josh Hart and those guys, Kira Lewis, Kyra Lewis, is that how you say his name? Whenever we'd load up on Zion or load up on Ingram, he would make a nice cut. You got to love, you, you know, if you're a Pelicans fan, you got to love that. Moving without the ball. But Clipper team, like, we were just, Kawhi and Paul George getting beat off the ball to start the game. And then Serge Ibaka doesn't see the floor after eight minutes. Like, Ty Lu wanted to go small ball, and shit, our small ball lineup got destroyed. We can't go small with Zion. And you know what? This was the first game that I've ever seen, you know, I guess the Clippers play. Not saying much, I guess, because he didn't play that much last season. Where I felt what it was like to go against Zion, like a good version of Zion. You know, he was demanding help every time. He was just trucking his way in there. Dude's a lot of just power and force. Um, Bullyball shack shack kind of style. But we didn't really have anyone strong enough to take that challenge. And I think that our best bet is honestly Ibaka, and we only played him eight minutes. Uh, Zubots, I mean, going up soft, missing layups. Kawhi missing fast break layups in the first half. Like, we didn't end the half that badly with Canard hitting the three in the corner and stuff like that. But to come out in the second half and just allow so many points, our defense, just terrible. And, like, this is the problem. It's not even, like, X's and O's. Like, here's the thing. We had a bad defensive game. We're, we're, We're not a great defensive team. I think, in my opinion, defense is all about communication, in today's NBA especially. More about communication, continuity, and just knowing each other's tendencies and knowing where each other is. And we saw what that looked like for eight games when we actually had it. But, Patrick, we have to – we can't – you know – Patrick Beverley is a huge part of our defense and the communication and the effort level of our team. No, you know this, guys, Clipper fans. We always have more of these kind of do- than even try tonight performances without Bev. But the problem is now we can't do this anymore with Bev. We can't do this, oh, look at our record with Bev. Enough's enough, man. This guy has an injury history. When we blew a 3 1 lead, he didn't play that year. You know why? Because he was injured. I love Patrick Beverly. I love his energy, and how much he brings to this team. But we need someone that's gonna be a talker, bro. When the going gets tough, Kawhi does, you know, he just keeps playing basketball. That's not enough. That's not enough. That's not what Bill Russell did. That's not what freaking Kobe did. That's not what LeBron James does. That's not what LeBron James does more often than not. He's going to say something. You know, LeBron is still going to get good. Sh- he's going to still, in, big, in regular season games, sure. The only reason why I'm saying this, it's not about tonight. It's because I saw this in the bubble. I wouldn't be saying it if that's not what I didn't see. You can act like that was an anomaly all you want. You can act like it's all Glenn's fault and Montrader. Be fucking real with yourselves. Kawhi and Paul George need to be held accountable for not just – it goes beyond just basketball and stats, body language, confidence. Where When Chris Paul was on our team, the one thing I relied on is when we were playing like trash on national TV, and we did – We sure did against the Warriors in 2017. I mean, they waxed everybody, but they waxed our ass. You know, Houston. But you know when one constant Memphis, when Zach Randolph and Mark were bitching our asses in 2013, you know what Chris does? He tries super hard and he at least yells at everybody. He tries. And you know what? That came off the wrong way. And I'm not saying Chris was perfect and that he's better than Kawhi. He's not. We have a better chance of winning a championship with Kawhi. But the thing is, we lack that element You know, Kareem needed a magic and an Oscar to do that part. We need someone that holds people accountable. We need a communicator. These guys, Paul George, like they fold. We've seen Paul George. When the going gets tough and the defense gets better, he folds. And the only reason why he's had a great season, but the problem is the constant injuries, the constant hes out for this game. This is all a mess, guys. We have Lou Williams. You guys really think Lou Williams is going to get it done in the playoffs? After all this shit, you really think he's gonna get it done? I like Lou. He's done a lot for the Clippers. Let's be realistic. We're a second-round team. And it's not because of tonight. These are patterns. These are patterns. I'm not talking about our defense tonight and all that. I just know Kawhi can't take people off the bounce as much anymore at all. Okay. If, if he if he's just gonna if you're gonna convince me he's just gonna magically be able to take guys off the bounce in the playoffs and just come out of nowhere and then or or all his jumpers are just going to fall like he did in 2019 against Philly you're going to have to i mean I, we're, I i have a hard time believing that man i have a really hard time believing that paul george he can take guys off the bounce better. But then there's still the problem of when he gets to the rim, he goes up kind of soft and he doesn't get the respect from the officials. And that discourages him. But that's not an excuse. And honestly, I'm not not—I'm going to be honest with you. I feel kind of bad blaming Paul George too much this season because I really think that he's been really solid. I think he's done doing his part. Do I think he played well enough tonight? No, he didn't. But I'm not just going to get on him for one game. Will he play well in the playoffs? I don't know. I really don't know. But I want to see more from the – when I, when I saw that notification and I saw the tweet on July 5th, it's not because of, of what's his name – of Paul George that I felt that way. It's because of Kawhi. And I just – I'm starting to see now that, you know, we've been very optimistic, but our optimism is this. What our roster is constructed as right now is we needed what I think – if we wanted to win the championship, what I think we needed was we needed Kawhi – Paul George, you know, uh, Beverly, these guys to stay healthy for like basically the whole season. Like if you look at our 2015 and 2014 Clipper teams, which I consider the best two teams in Clipper history, Blake Griffin played like 82 games. I'm pretty I think he may have played 82 games in 2014. If you guys give me a fact check on that, some of you guys. And Chris Paul played 82 games in 2015. And so when we had those our best players healthy for the most games. That's when our team did the best. And this team has more talent. But we always have these guys out. And then mixed with Bev, it's just too much in and out for me. And in my opinion, we don't have the guys to fill the void. That's av- like, like, like with Toronto, when Kawhi Lode managed, you at least had Freddie Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry you know that are two guys. Floor generals that are like good under. I wouldn't say Kyle Lowry's too good under pressure. But in the regular season, you don't face that kind of pressure. Fred Van Vliet is, is pretty pretty stone cold, though, I think. But, yeah, they just don't... They're too cool for school for me. Like, they they as I said, you know, it's so funny, guys. And, you know, I know some Clipper fans are going to be like, he's overreacting so much. Wake the fuck up. Are we going to make it past the second round? And if we do, and I'd love to look like an idiot. I'd love to look like an idiot. I said it. You know, I've been like, man, that video I made last year that got me all you guys, all the subscribers, is going to age so poorly if we win. And make me look kind of bad. I don't give a shit. We're going to win the championship. All I care about is this team winning, bro. I would give anything, as you guys know. These guys don't seem like they would, though. Because I would never put on any... I would never put the jersey on and play like that. There's no back-to-back excuse. Give me a freaking break, bro. You don't love the team like the fans. That's what I'm saying. These guys... Kawhi and Paul, like, they're, they're living the dream. They're here. I know they act like they got something to prove. And we'll see it. I just don't believe that... They don't show it to me consistently enough for me to believe it. And here's the thing. When they start showing it, the, like in the, they did in the beginning of the season, they, it was an injury. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just need a run of games healthy. And I need consistent effort. If the shots didn't fall tonight, fine. Come on, man. The Pelicans are doing worse than the freaking Thunder. The Thunder and the Grizzlies. The Pelicans, with the talent that they have. We saw it tonight. Pelicans fans, if you had, I don't know any Pelicans fans that listen to me, but if you're a Pelicans fan, tell me that that wasn't one of the best performances of this season. You guys were awesome. I mean, let's talk about the Pels a little bit. I mean, I thought Ingram in the second half was great. I thought Jackson Hayes was rolling to the basket hard, and we, we did it zoo was you know lacking that athleticism what do we say about zoo with lob threats our best one was ibaka and we just never put him back in so i think ty that was a little sleep from him and i also think that ty needs to give Lou canard more minutes than Lou. i'm done man i love Lou, but i said it's the dallas game he's done man please stop oh it's so sad because if we like get rid of him his career is going to be over and that sounds so cruel it's like putting a man out of work I really like Lou Williams, man. He's done a lot for the Clippers. He's part of the reason why this is all possible. But sacrifices must be made, man. We need to win the championship. We need to to do something. We need to make a trade or we're out in the second round. That's my honest belief. If we make it to the conference finals and I look the fool, I would love it. I would honestly love it. I just don't think that's the case, guys. I just don't think that Kawhi, he can't galvanize the troops. He can't galvanize the troops for me like it's i think we can i think that everybody thinks like we the we can't get good shots i think we get good shots in the end of games like i mean not good shots i think we get the shots that we you know solid shots in the end of games like i don't think we need rubio i don't i don't think rubio is going to be the answer that hey guys actually you never know i don't know about rubio's vocal skills but that, rubio at this age he's not the, he's not what's going to make us a championship team he's not good enough anymore but anyway let's move on guys Let's move on, guys. We'll answer the questions later. We'll answer the questions later. Let's move on. We still got a podcast to do here. Indiana Pacers. Oh, let me read the lines at least. Let's talk about how many turnovers we had. Do we have a lot of turnovers? We also got beaten transition a lot. Just our whole transition game in general was just awful. You know, getting back was bad. We found a, You know, they took advantage of a lot of mismatches. Like Zion would see a smaller guy. He would go at him. It was it was just bad. It was just bad, and then in the first quarter we we could literally make a blooper reel with the way we were mishandling the ball. Like Nick Nick Batum is like the only player where I know what I'm going to get from him each night. Like the only thing that's in question is if he's going to make his shots, like normal, like any other normal player. Other than that, though, he's going to give me what I need to see. It's communication, defense. Nick Batum is not the problem. Everyone we have these these guys that are so one way. You know, okay, so Kawhi, offensively not bad. 23 points, 9 of 13. I wasn't too mad about his offense. I just don't like the body language. Like, the defense wasn't good enough from him. Not enough. He started trying too late. Second half, and the team already has confidence. That's the problem with these not great teams. You cannot just gift them confidence. Although they did win their last game coming off the All-Star break, so maybe the Pelicans are just building a winning streak of their own. And maybe that's part of the thing that we're overlooking here. Maybe maybe that's that could be a thing. Still not isn't excuse shit, though. Seriously. Reggie Jackson, 18 points, 7 of 12. He wasn't too bad offensively, but still had his fair share of bonehead plays and didn't do much for me defensively. Paul George, not good enough. 15 points, 5 of 14, 1 of 8 from 3. Ridiculous. That's just too many threes and just not enough. Four turnovers, too. So we didn't actually turn the ball over that much. 12 turnovers. Also... Yeah, let's see. Marcus Morris, senior, 0 of 5. Donut, unbelievable. That's bringing shades of the bubble. Zubats, 1 of 5, not doing it. And then Lou Williams, 6 points, 1 of 3. Terrence Mann, actually, 27 minutes plus two, but a lot of that's garbage time. Doesn't really say anything. I mean, we to be here's my problem. We actually won the second quarter, but you know what? You get off to a bad start. Fine, you're down 12 after one. 10 point game going into the second quarter. Luke Kennard hits a buzzer beater. You get outscored 26. To 43 in the third quarter, man. Like, there's no excuse. It's not, no. There's no excuse for that, man. I don't care they were on fire. No, they were getting a lot of shots at the basket, too. Like, that's not good enough by any means. And 26 points is not good enough either. Part of it is you score, you set your defense up. Come on. Defense is part of offense. It's all correlated. Come on, now. That's an effort thing. That's like, how much do you freaking want it? We need consistency here. They think they can just turn it on, man. <laughs> Let's be honest, guys. Let's be honest. We got Kawhi Leonard, you know, regardless of what he did in the bubble or not. He's one of the best players in the NBA right now. He's a proven champion. We, the Clippers, the worst organization in the history of basketball, have him in, in our prime. Right now, there are not that many great teams in this NBA. Let's freaking be honest here. There's not that many great teams. We've got the Lakers and the Nets. Everybody else... And the Jazz. Come on, though, man. is such a golden opportunity to win a championship, like both years were. Both years are, last year and this year. They blew it last year. It's totally blew it because everyone knows that the Lakers had won it the second the Clippers got eliminated. The Lakers had it in the bag. And then this year, I truly believe we have a part to play in this title race, whether we win it or don't. We have a part to play in it. I just want it to be the right one. But that's not going to be done without a move, in my opinion. Anyway, let's move on to the Pacers. Oh, let's give the Pelicans their flowers. Zion, 27 points, 13-16, dominated us. Absolutely dominated us. Somehow only got two free throws, which I think th- says a testament to two things. One, we occasionally had nice moments of verticality, and he had just nice finishes. Two, non non-existent defense. Ingram, 23 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 7 of 12 from the field. Lonzo, 20 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 7 of 10, 5 of 8 from 3. For me, the consistent with this team is Lonzo. If he can score, they're such a different team. Jackson Hayes, though, 6 of 6, 17 points. Probably the best game I've ever seen him play. He posted Reggie Jackson. And Kyra Lewis, I thought, was awesome, too. 13 points, 6 of 11, and great energy on defense. And the same to say, same you can say about Josh Hart. 13 points, 5 of 6. My thing is with this with the Pelicans, how can they not? They can play. Why are they not better? Like, this, I can see the talent. It's there. What's good with that? So, yeah, they're pretty buns for their record. The Clippers are just more buns for losing that bad. Anyway, let's move on here. Clippers dropped to 25 and 15. Pelicans, 17 and 22. Pacers and Suns last night. The Suns finally lost a game after so long. Um, I have to say, the start wasn't that great. I mean, Chris Paul was dominating the ball a lot. And he was getting some decent looks. DeAndre Ayton at the rim. And CP was scoring here and there. It wasn't in his mid-range, though. And Devin Booker just went a long stretch without touching the ball. And I didn't really like that. But... You know, the defense is solid, and Malcolm Brogdon was getting off to a great start. You know, coming off screens, hitting shots on the outside, getting in the lane. You know, Sabonis was doing his thing. And, you know, the lineup with Booker in and Chris Paul out at the end of the quarter, I think, pushed it back up to four. And then this is where it went south for the Suns. In the second quarter, Monty went with a no-stagger lineup, just the bench unit of the Suns versus the Pacers bench. Or I don't know remember if it was mixed, but the Pacers outdid him. A lot of sloppy turnovers, like Abdel Nader just getting blocked running into traffic by Sabonis or Black by like Sabonis and Turner just running into traffic. Uh you had turnovers. Dario Saric was traveling, just losing the ball. Campaign was just, you know, not getting anything off the pick and roll. You gotta give the Pacers credit for their defense as well. Sabonis, so man. Here's the thing about this Pacers team with what Levert does. By the way, so great to see him back on the court. But what Levert does now with the Pacers is it gives them another ball handler. Now it takes some pressure off of Brogdon. He's great in the pick and roll, and it diversifies their attack with Sabonis and Miles Turner. And what I really liked about this Pacers team is they were, you know, making the Suns work on defense. They were taking their time with their possessions. And that's what I like about a guy like Brogdon. He controls the offense. He doesn't rush. He's a seasoned, you know, high IQ player. Rare in this NBA. And Sabonis is a skilled big man. The best true power forward in the game today. Ah, Anthony Davis, I guess. And then after it, it's him. But Sabonis is not that far off as much as people think. Because he's more assertive, in my opinion, than AD. And he likes to get physical. He seems like he loves the contact. And his passing ability is not like his dad, but it's pretty damn good. 22 13 rebounds, 10 assists, and four steals for Sabonis. He played 43 minutes, 9 and 13. Miles Turner, too. I even saw it for the first time in my life. I saw Miles Turner hit a turnaround. So, besides a pick and pop shot and a dunk, so that is extremely rare and impressive. So, I got to give him credit. And obviously, we know about his shot blocking ability, but it was just great seeing Karras back out there. My thing is this the Suns. Turn the ball over way too much. Chris Paul, he can't really beat guys off the bounce like that anymore. I've said it all season. I, I, let's let's pump the brakes with the narrative. I love Chuck, man. You know I love Chuck, but I think you know what Chuck has always said about CP being the best leader in the NBA. I don't fully agree, even though I think he's one of the best leaders in the NBA, and he changes he changes teams. We know this better than anyone. But I think that he's getting too much credit for this year. I don't think he's doing anything differently than he did in OKC and um, Houston and these different teams. He has not sacrificed like Booker has. You know what Booker did? The problem is he sacrificed, like, for example, in this game. Perfect example. First quarter, he just didn't. He was okay with letting Chris Paul run the show, setting off the ball. What the, pe- what the Pacers were doing is, let's let DeAndre Ayton get his layups at the rim. Let's not let De- Devin Booker get open threes. And you know what happens then? Devin Booker was a little cold. You know, he was cold. He was missing his shots that he usually makes. And then they were just struggling. Then the then the ball just started like slipping out of their hands. Careless turnovers. And you gotta give the Pacers credit because they punished them on every mistake. And they just kind of collapsed. It was just one game. Sounds are gonna be fine. They're fine. Totally fine. Mikael Bridges, he was missing some shots that he usually hits. But overall he was 50% from the field. I just thought that, you know, the they didn't give like Frank Kaminsky started, but They took him out of the game because, yeah, they didn't play him much at all. 13 minutes. I don't think they wanted him playing against Sabonis at all. And Dario Saric, you know, stats look good, but he wasn't that great to me in this game at all. 17 points, but he was turning the ball over, you know, three turnovers. And... Just no good overall for the Suns. I really think, I mean, Chris Paul, 2 of 10, 1 of 4. Like, he just couldn't take anybody off the bounce. And I think that they need to do a better job of getting Booker involved early in games. You can't just have the Chris Paul show where he just dribbles, like does run, runs, pick, and roll with everybody else and Book doesn't touch the ball. This is Book's team. And the the minutes without, I mean, it's. I don't want to get into the advanced stats because you guys know I'm not about that. But when the, the, the offensive rating says that they're better when, Chris Paul sits out and Devin Booker has his own lineup. I'm not saying that means anything. Like, I'm not trying to make any conclusion, but I'm just saying this. This is Book's team. The people need to stop acting like Chris Paul is better than him and most valuable than him on this team. This team was built around him. Until you have proof that you take Chris Paul off this exact Suns team and he's better than, and they do better than vice versa, then you have an argument. Until then, it's all fools. You know, you have no proof. I'm seeing the games. I know what's good. Devin Booker gets the tough coverage. They don't want to let him get off. Chris Paul cannot take dudes off the bounce like that anymore. I love CP3. That's my favorite player ever. He's posters in my room. I have his jersey with the Hornets and the Clippers. Love CP. But anyway, by the way, Harden and Kyrie balled out. You know They continue to ball out. And I think Kyrie's having the best season of his career. And I think Plumber Jim is, should be in the MVP conversation. But that's it for me tonight. We're going to go to the live chat. One minute overtime for the 24-minute recap. Thanks for, let me, uh, thanks for listening. Let me know what you think. Make sure to leave a review. Make sure to leave a comment. Peace.